Hello and welcome. You are listening to an episode of the Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. We really hope that you enjoy and benefit from this episode. Hello folks and welcome to another episode of the Sales Chat Show, saleschatshow.com, driving your sales success. I am here as usual with my esteemed colleague Mr. Phil Jessen and Mr. Graham Jones and in this episode we are going to be talking about helping the customer to make a buying decision and uh, we are recording this approximately two weeks after the United Kingdom held the referendum that has the results that we will be leaving the European Union and uh, Graham in his internet psychology manner has a perspective on this event to do with making buying decisions in the sales environment Graham, over to you, sir. Well, as some people will remember, the decision between remain and leave was split pretty evenly, 52% versus 48%. And that's entirely predictable that it was going to be roughly 50-50 because people were only given a choice of two things. They could either vote remain or they could leave, which meant they couldn't actually make any comparison between those two things because you can only pair one to the other. What you need is something else to compare both of them to and then you can make a decision about them. So lots of psychology research shows that when you have give people a choice of two things they find it very difficult to make that decision. When you give them a third choice they find it much easier to make a decision between those two things. So had there been a third option on the um, voting paper then people would have voted more decisively for one direction or the other than the actual vote turned out. And that turns out to be really important in sales. Because in sales, often people give you a choice. You you can buy this or you can buy that. People don't know which one to choose, and so they stumble and find it very difficult. Whereas if you give them a third thing to choose from, they find making that buying decision much easier. So give people a choice of three, and they find it much easier to make a decision. Could I just challenge that for a moment because uh, some of the stuff that uh, we've been trained on ourselves and no doubt we've passed on to our, our listeners is the alternative close. If you think about making telephone appointments, um, the wisdom of the day, of course, was what would be best for you, 10 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon? And if we go to a restaurant, uh, the good wine waiter will say red or white, sir. Uh, they won't say, would you like to see the wine list? So I, w- I, w- I would put forward a case that the, old, the good old alternative clothes, Graham, that's been around since Noah was a lad, um, <laughs> works in some situations. So take that, sir. <laughs> yeah, but just because it's always been like that doesn't mean it's the right thing. So uh, we know that rosé sales, for instance, have risen dramatically in recent years because waiters have stopped saying red or white and they have been saying, you know, red, white or rosé and giving people a third choice. So this is, this sounds to me like almost two choices gives you a bit of a dilemma, whereas three gives you a feeling of more 
choice and control maybe is that what's the psychology yeah. saying on that are we also saying that two choices might be a tad pressure because somebody might feel that they are being pressurized it's either this or that take take it or leave it is is that a form of it, pressure in without us realizing it maybe it, it is pressure but it means that people find it difficult then to make that decision so if you were deciding to remain you weren't quite sure whether to remain in europe uh, you'd think of all the reasons why you would remain and some of the reasons why you might leave. And uh, when you spoke to people at the time, lots of people said, well, I can think of lots of reasons to remain, but I can also think of lots of reasons to leave, which means you can't make a comparison. If you'd got a third thing to compare it with, so, for example, if there'd been a third question, like, I'm not prepared to decide, I leave it to the government to decide, mm -hmm. then you can say, OK, here's all the reasons to remain. What if I leave the government? to choose and you go well the government is largely remain and therefore that means vote to remain is better or here's all the reasons to leave should I leave the government to decide no because uh, it's better for me to vote leave than vote remain because the government will vote remain anyway so I've got so you're more decisive it's a bit, another example might be choosing a car if you have got a choice of two colours for cars and you choose, you've got a choice between a red one and a blue one, which one do you choose? Is red your favourite colour? Is blue your favourite colour? You can't choose between the two. But if you've got a red one, a blue one and a white one, it's now easier to choose between red and blue because you're comparing red with white and blue with white and therefore you can see which one you prefer of those two colours. When you're comparing them to each other, it's much more difficult to make that comparison. So is the psychological research saying that three choices is the optimal one to offer to, to customers? Absolutely. Once you start getting more than three things, people find it really difficult to <coughs> choose. There's several studies that about, the, about something called choice paralysis, decision yes. paralysis. So people become paralysed by making a decision. They can't make a decision when you give them too many options. And so when you look at all the different kinds of things, people find it difficult to choose between two. They find it difficult to choose between half a dozen. And so the optimum is give them a choice of three things and they find it much easier to make that buying decision at that point. Because I, um, in a previous life, was working in the fast-moving uh, consumer goods industry and would be selling into supermarket chains, for example, and being involved in category management, which is laying out shopping fixtures in the, yeah. in the, in the easiest way for shoppers to buy, but also to maximise profit for the retailer. And there was a lot of data to show that when you actually reduce the number of pack sizes, pack options, pack choices... Not only did sales go up, but the, the consumer, the shopper's perception of choice actually went up yeah. as well, which is kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? It is. They think they've got more choice because they can see the choice. So they're feeling there is a choice. Whereas before, they were overwhelmed, and so they couldn't see the choice. So they couldn't see they could make a decision. Whereas once you reduce the choice, they can see they're making a decision, they can feel themselves making a decision, and therefore they believe there's more choice. So for the sales professionals listening, it's about getting the balance between giving the customer choice, correctly so, but not giving them too much choice so they become overwhelmed. Yeah, so you could say, to, to answer Phil's question about setting a, a, an appointment time, you could say, you know, I could meet you at 10 o'clock or I could meet you at 2 o'clock, but if either of those are difficult for you, I could meet you at 5 o'clock. 
well, nobody wants to meet you at five o'clock, but you're giving them a comparison between yeah. three things. So now they are going to choose between 10 and 2, whereas if you say 10 or 2, they will have reasons for both and therefore find it difficult to make a decision between those two. By giving them five o'clock, they find it much easier to choose between 10 and 2 now. And I think I just want to emphasise, we're not talking here about some clever, outdated sales technique. No. We're actually talking about helping customers to make a good Quite. decision, which is very much what this is about. This is not some 1950s half-baked sales tactic. No, you're tapping into some basic psychology that's about making decisions and decision-making. That's what you want your buyers to do. You want them to make a decision between an appointment time or buying something from you. You're just allowing their brain to make it easier to make that decision. You see it all the time on the internet when you're offered a silver, gold or bronze kind of choice between different services. And so if your website has only got two services it's offering, I was speaking to a client the other day, they've only got two options. And I say you need to invent a third option because that will make it, you'll get a higher click-through rate and more people buying because you give them three options. I think this is an interesting discussion, isn't it? Because many of our listeners, when they are out and about selling, when they get to um, a presentation to a group of decision makers, they probably feel quite comfortable uh, recapping on the needs and then going straight for uh, this is our proposal. But what Graham's saying is that maybe uh, that's a little bit too assertive, a little bit too opinionated, and maybe... After we've recapped on the needs, we ought to be not presenting a proposal, but be presenting three possibilities and saying to the customer, well, really, we can either do A, B or C and each have its own merits. Uh, We really need to talk about which of those is right for you. And uh, that's quite an interesting change in the, uh, the perceived wisdom. Forget the proposal and start to talk about three possibilities and go with the line of least resistance as seen by the prospect. And there's also potentially a budgetary thing going on here as well is there may be three options of differing pricing based upon the customer's available budget and you're allowing the customer to choose and there was a yeah. there's a piece of research I read and I think it was in the book Neuro Web Design mm-hmm. by Susan Weishank I think I hope I pronounced that correctly showing that if you showed the customer the gold option first with all the added extras the top flight version first before showing them the lesser expensive silver and bronze people spend more money than if you do it the other way round hence I'm guessing the reason that when you're taken on a test drive in a car by the car salesman you're taken out in the full specification car with all the added extras which you then have to choose which of those you're not going to have which probably then stimulates the sort of the Robert Cialdini maybe scarcity principle oh I don't want to lose it and therefore people spend more money it's Mm. about the fear of loss people fear losing things more than they are motivated by gaining things and so they don't want to... So you've got all the options on the car. They're going, well, actually, I don't really want to lose those things to go to the bottom cheapest car in the range because I'm going to lose those 10 added extras. Mm. So they might be prepared to lose two of those added extras to get the, the mid-range car, uh, but they don't want to go down to... So they'll spend more money. Whereas if you gave them the, the lower-value car, 
and then say, well, for extra money, you can get this, and for even more money, you can get that. They go, well, I don't want to spend that. So giving people the most expensive thing first means they're much more likely to spend more money. So that, that research is true. But also it's the order that you do A, B, and C. So most people will choose the middle option. Mm. So if you give people a choice of three, most people will choose the middle option. So what you want is to, if you're writing a proposal, you want to make B your most profitable. Because it might not be the most expensive, it might be the cheapest, but it might be the most profitable for your business. And obviously you want to make profit. So actually put B as the most profitable. So key takeaways here are one, almost limit choice if you want to help the customer to make yeah. a decision. The customer is still making a full and proper decision, but we're not overloading them. I know from my research into neuroscience that confused brains don't buy. So the neuroscience backs up the psychological research that if if the prefrontal cortex in the brain, the sort of the analytical part, becomes overloaded people can't make decisions. They're overwhelmed by, by the choice. So limit it to three choices and put your favourite option, perhaps the one that makes you the most profit, uh, sitting in the middle. And if you're going to show three options, start with the most expensive option first, as people will tend to spend more yeah. money. I'm going to test this theory. Okay. Because... The listeners won't be aware of this, but we are approaching lunch fairly shortly. And on the flip chart, we've got the title of this session, Helping the Customer Make a Buying Decision. So I'm going to ask you a question that will help you make a buying decision, and therefore there has to be three. So is it to be, gentlemen, chips, salad, or a sandwich? Graham? Ah, no. (laughs) Graham's argument shocks the pieces. We know it's chips. It always was chips. It was chips before we even sat down. I think I think we should finish it there, Simon. The, for our uh, listeners outside the UK, chips is French fries, and uh, it is a cultural icon of the sales chat show. That whenever we meet for lunch, they have to feature on the menu, folks. A so, choice uh, of one. A, it's a choice of one. Yeah. In this case, that was the only game in town. That was the only choice available. So uh, we won't be having any salad, although perhaps we ought to. So, uh, oh, I've got a bit of a dilemma now, Phil. You've caused me a few problems. So, thank you very much for listening in, folks. Uh, hope that helps you to help your customers to make a really, really good buying decision. Because when your customers make a really, really good buying decision that genuinely benefits them, they're far more likely to refer you and recommend you to other people. Hence the reason to really help them to do that. So it's been Phil Jessen, who's in charge of the uh, lunch menu, uh, Graham Jones and myself, Simon Hazeldean, for the saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening. hope you found this session useful. You have been listening to an episode of The Sales Chat Show. To stream or download a host of further free episodes that will power your sales success, please visit saleschatshow.com. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. And from everyone here at The Sales Chat Show, we'd like to wish you good luck and good selling. (laughs) 